Manna or Meatloaf, episode 38, A Year in Review. Hello, hello, 2021. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. And as the dust settles for just a minute after one of these wonderful Christmas seasons, and we look forward to the upcoming year, I want today to just kind of feel like a chat between two people, two friends, sitting on the couch, sipping hot chocolate, just reminiscing. They say that hindsight is 2020, but how many of us really want the year 2020 to be crystal clear? Has it been a year that you never really want to see it perfectly clearly as you look back and recall? While it certainly has been difficult and different and challenging and uncomfortable to say the least, those factors, we have to admit, sometimes provide the very best soil for growth, don't they? So whether we're bidding this past year a fond farewell or saying hasta la vista, baby, and kicking it out the door, it's still a road we've traveled together. And whether we want to admit it or not, I'd be willing to bet we've learned a thing or two. The first question I thought about was, where was I last year at this time? Where was I emotionally, physically, and spiritually? It's a really good question to ask yourself. I had this binder that had all of my New Year's resolutions written out with my favorite pen at the time. It was drawn out line by line in my trademark cursive script. I wish I knew exactly where that book was because I've been using my phone for probably, I don't know, the past six or seven years. And I don't know where that book is now, but I would love to see it, look into it and see how far I've come over the years. So I know that I had a long list, probably, of the things I wanted to accomplish and become and do or do better at. I'm pretty good at starting out of the gate strong. And then like so many others, I'd usually have to reassess and regroup somewhere around (laughs) March-ish. Well, This March didn't look the same as Marches of the past, am I right? COVID entered our lives, and I went from a very balanced, comfortable routine to chaos, just like everyone else. I was seeing hospice patients and zoning their feet once a week, working, I don't know, two to three days a week, depending on our patient numbers, and I had plenty of time for myself my home, my family, and my marriage. I absolutely loved my job and my patients. And I got to do a handful of laser procedures a week at our aesthetics practice, and I enjoyed that as well. So it was springtime, my favorite time of year. I probably had my house decorated with all of my greenery and my scentsy wax smelling, making my house smell wonderful and delicious. So life was good. It was easy. I guess you could say I was kind of coasting along. Oh, don't you hate it when that happens? Because you know what happens when we start coasting. When COVID entered the picture, I had to stop seeing patients immediately. And as you know, I haven't been able to see them ever since, as mine was not considered an essential care. And we also had to close the aesthetics practice for five months, as it was also not considered essential. Doug, however, was very essential as a family practice doctor, and in the beginning, everyone was panicked and thought they had COVID, so he was busier than ever, and he was readjusting and figuring out how to run a practice from patients' cars in the back parking lot in full protective gear, while I was stuck at home with nothing to do. 
Then, to make matters worse, our sweet little walker, our three-year-old grandson, broke his femur bone. We were given a tender mercy, however, that it didn't require surgery, which they initially thought it would. But he was casted in one of those spica casts where they cast both legs with a bar between them, and it was heartbreaking. Only one parent could be with him at the hospital, and I couldn't help them out. It was excruciating to hear of his pain and just support our daughter and son-in-law from a distance. But Walker's big sister Lainey has horrible asthma, and since Doug was still at the clinic, we were being very, very cautious. That recovery was so hard to watch and so long, but they were absolute rock stars, all of them. And like everyone else, they made it. We all made it. And you know my story from there and how this podcast came to be. And if you don't, start at the beginning and listen to episode one of how Manna or Meatloaf was born. Now, as I look back, I can see I had fallen into a little bit of a rut. Life was good. But I wasn't progressing. I didn't have a church calling that required my time or talents. I was and still am supporting my husband in the bishopric. The barometer of my growth may or may not have been determined by the number of Hallmark movies I was allowing myself to watch. I can clearly see that I needed to stretch then. And stretch I did. In an effort to hashtag hear him, which was the focus at the time, I learned in a very scary and uncomfortable way that the Lord really does speak to us regularly and specifically, and that if we trust him and do as he directs, he will make a lot more of us and our time than we could ever do with a long list of goals and New Year's resolutions. Last year at this time, I was stuck bouncing within 10 pounds of the 30 pounds of excess weight that my poor body was carrying, and I was so tired of the battle that I almost started beginning to make peace with it and settle for a new ideal body weight, one that probably three quarters of the clothes in my closet would not accommodate. And I can see clearly now as I look back that settling isn't what my Father in Heaven wanted for me. He granted me this incredible body that's served me perfectly, and I needed to nurture and care for it like the treasured gift He lovingly gave me, not the thing I felt I was battling every single day, and only loving it when it worked with me and not against me. Does that sound familiar? Like the person who learns the most from giving the talk in church, I have learned so much from doing these podcasts. I have learned that the things I know and believe and love to share are the very things that, when I practice, keep me headed in the right direction, keep me grounded, centered, focused, and happy. I've learned that when I keep the most important things important, I know I'm aligning my will with God's and that He's helping me get through all the fluff. I've improved everything, my overall health, my time management skills, my intentionality and mindfulness, my writing skills, my scripture study, and my prayers. I've learned to hear the voice of my Savior and so, so much more, and I never would have grown without being put in the place I needed to be, in the uncomfortable, hard place that COVID brought us all. Can you see the same as you look back at where you were and what you've gone through this year? Give us some thought. It's definitely an interesting thing to think about. Next, I asked myself, 
where am I now? And what am I going to do to ensure that I don't slip into another spell of stagnancy? Well, now, a year later, I am definitely in a different place altogether. While I'm still not seeing hospice patients, as the hospice field may be one of the last to rejoin the ranks, probably due to their high-risk status of contracting the coronavirus, I am still seeing clients in my home. And I am working much more than I'd like to, if I'm being honest, at the aesthetics clinic, where I've assumed management skills as well as being busier than ever with procedures. Now I feel like I have a lot less time and balance in my life for some of the most important things to me. So I get to work hard on applying all the things I know and have been reminded of, and I get to practice what I preach. Oh, that's sometimes so hard to do. I'm currently working every day on my weight as well. For the first time in possibly and probably my whole entire life, I am not dieting. I've decided to live by the motto that if I have more days that I'm making good eating choices than days that I'm not, I'm still making progress. I'm exercising every single day except Sunday, and guess what? I've done that for the past three months. There you go. That's my accountability report from the episode titled Moving Forward, which was just a few weeks ago, and I feel good. I'm progressing. It's slow, but guess what? My body is responding to kindness and a much more gentle approach. I'm committed to continuing these podcast episodes, and it's hard. Okay, I'm just going to admit something to you right now. I don't think there's a single week, this is the truth, that's gone by where I don't wonder what the heck I've started and why I started this. And there isn't a week that I don't drop to my knees pleading in prayer for God to give me something to work with. Now, you've noticed that the past two weeks' episodes have been late being published and that I added an Instagram page where we can build community and support one another. And I've added the transcripts. And lately, I've just, I and I may have even murmured a little bit, I'm sorry, about how I'm supposed to do all of this with the limited time I feel like I have. And then I'll get a text from a friend or a daughter-in-law that says something about how they listened and needed the message or just a message of hope and encouragement or better yet, a message of how they wanted that message or had been praying for that message. And guess what? I hear my father in heaven's voice saying, see, keep going. You've got this and I've got you. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep going. And that leads right into where we're headed Who knows what 2021, the pandemic, the presidential changes, the economy, the nation will even look like. But let's face it, those things are the things that we really can't control anyway. Jack Canfield said, quote, you only have control of three things in your life, the thoughts you think, the images you visualize, and the actions you take, end quote. We are, without a doubt, the only ones driving the cars of our lives. We determine the direction, the speed, and the destination of where we're going and how we get there, right? Now, I've heard that the best way to predict the future is by looking at the past. And while I agree that it can help us see what we need to implement to change, I choose to believe that the best way to predict the future is to simply create it ourselves. Isn't that empowering? 
The last two episodes of this podcast have been centered on moving forward, so I don't know that I could say anything about where we're going that I haven't already said there. But the important thing is that we do. We need to continue to put one foot in front of the other, and as Princess Anna from Frozen said, quote, all we can do is the next right thing, end quote. As I revisit where I was last year and where I am now and where I'm going in the year 2021, I do see that looking back gives me a glimpse of where I want and need to go. But I need to see it as just that, a glimpse that propels me. I don't want to look back for too long because guess what? I'm not going that way. I need to keep my eyes and my faith focused on the future and the goals I have for myself. And you do too. So where are you going this year? Is it a location? What are you moving toward emotionally, physically, spiritually? And what actions will you take to get there? I want you to know that this year wouldn't have been the same without you listeners that have chosen to share some of your precious, precious time with me in this forum. I love knowing that you're here and that we're going through this journey together. Thank you all so much for reaching out and for your kindness and support. I would love to hear more from you on the Mana and Meatloaf Instagram page. You can message me and let me know content ideas or things that interest you. I have had a few of you that have sent me inspirational quotes or talks that you've loved, and I love that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. My sincere hope for this new year is that we can all strive to keep the important things important. And as I wrap it up and leave you with well wishes for a very happy new year, I want to quote Vern McClellan, who said, quote, what the new year brings to you will depend a great deal on what you bring to the new year, end quote. So my friends, let's bring it. Let's bring it. Oh, let's bring it. And I'll see you on the other side of this fabulous new year.